So for those of you listening online, we just got through reading through Genesis 6. And we're going to look at seven things that were going on during Noah's time. And the reason why we're doing this is because the disciples, if you remember, asked Jesus to describe the sign of his coming and the end of the age. And he pointed to many signs. This is from Matthew 24, verse 37 to 41, and Luke 17, verse 26. And one of the things he had said in that context that when he returns, it, the days are going to be just like the days of Noah. And we just read through that chapter, so we see a whole bunch of stuff going on. And for those of you that have been to the ark, I love the layout that is in the ark because you really see it as you're reading these things, just the realities of what happened. It's not a fairy tale for those that might be listening that really don't believe God's word. It's not a fairy tale. These things really took place and we see it at the Creation Museum as well. So what we see, the first thing there that is mentioned that in the days of Noah, the sin was great. In Genesis 6, verse 5 through 8. And I'll reread it again for those of you that are online and listening online. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Do you imagine that? evil continually imagine the darkness that Noah and his family saw as a result of that that was all around him and and this is sad when you read this that the Lord had repented or regretted some translations say that he had made man on earth and it grieved him in his heart. So right there we see God has feelings. And we're created in the image of God. We have feelings too. You know, and sometimes you look around and you see everything going on and we feel the heaviness, right? We feel the grieving inside of the atrocities that are taking place, not only in our nation, but globally. It's everywhere. Darkness, evil being manifested right before our eyes, when you turn on the news or if you get your news through the internet, I mean, the headlines are just dark, very, very dark. Verse seven said, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for he regretted or repented that he had made them. Man, I hope God never says that about us. Have you ever thought of that? But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. In the midst of all that craziness, the darkness, the evil, there was a man that had God's attention, that God saw. And that encourages me when I read that account because I realize no matter how dark it gets, if we choose the Lord in the midst of it, if we choose to follow him, he notices, he sees. 
And that should just behoove us to want to sell out for Jesus. No matter how dark it gets. Knowing that he notices when we choose him. When we could choose anything else. But we're saying, no, I want Jesus. I want him. I want to live for his kingdom here, now, while I'm here on earth. I want to be thinking about eternity in that way. We also see that in the days of Noah, the earth was corrupt. So not only was the sin of mankind great, the earth was also very corrupt in verses 11 and 12, where it says, and the earth was also corrupt before the Lord, and the earth was filled with violence. And the Lord looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his ways upon the earth. Now, how many times it says that? They are corrupted their way, corrupted their way, corrupted their way. And it just reminds me of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, which talks about the spiritual climate, not only in the world, but if you... Notice it has subtly crept into the church as well. When Timothy said in that epistle there, we well actually it was Paul, we know this. He wanted the church to know this thing, what he's about to write. That in the last days, perilous times will come. And again, aren't we seeing perilous times? It means dangerous times will come. You know, and depending what state you live in, it's more in your face. You know, I come from New York. I have family in New York. I hear about what goes on in New York, see what goes on in Chicago. There's certain states that it's like in your face. The violence, the corruption is horrible. We don't see it so much here. We don't see it so much. But there are perilous times. And it also says, for men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. You seeing that? Very calling good evil, evil good headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, meaning they're in the church, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Somehow the church doesn't like hearing that. They push back on that. It's like, have God really said? Have, yes, God has really said. God has really said. The world at this time was wicked, corrupt, and violent. And what we see today in our world, the mass shootings, what happened last week with these children in Texas, horrible what happened. The week before that in Buffalo in the supermarket, another mass shooting. And the problem is not the guns. It's the evil in men's heart. That's the problem. The earth is filling up itself with more and more and more and more violence. Subways, craziness we're seeing. 
Our Supreme Court justices are being threatened with death because of the whole Roe versus Wade issue. And they have to go in hiding and have security to protect their lives. Where are we living? It's insanity. And I share these things on this teaching, on this tape, video, I mean, whatever they're listening to through it. Because I realize not everyone's up with the news. We get so caught up with our own little world that we don't know what's happening all around us. And it's what Frank just read today. If we're not aware of what's, not, what's going on, we're not going to have oil in our lanterns when Jesus comes. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss him. We're going to miss the call when he says, come with me. We've been talking about that the last class I did. Politicians are telling the common people on the media to incite violence if they don't get their way. Politicians telling them, raise hell. Come out and fight. If the Roe versus Wade does not get passed. Insanity. It's insanity. The law, I don't know if you know this, they're trying to pass a law in California. You have the right to murder your child after you have them up to 30 days. And I heard this recently, and this is not on conspiracy, this is not conspiracy. This is Fox News, pastors that are legitimate are speaking about these things. If you have a girl, you wanted a boy, you can get rid of that baby after the baby's born. And you won't be prosecuted. That's the law they're trying to pass in California. You think God is grieved? You think he's grieving in his heart right now? Because something that stands out to me, I've been training up counselor and we were talking yesterday I've been going through Proverbs and what's been striking me in the scriptures and I don't know if it's because of the days we're living in but you see God is for the childless the widow the defenseless the helpless the innocent victim he's for them and woe to us as a nation if we're against what God is for. Woe to us. We're living in some pretty perilous times and dark times. And not too many want to speak about it. Let's just keep silent. We can't. We can't keep silent. This is the time we need to open our mouths. We need to open our mouths and declare truth. Because God hath said, and the message does not change for the culture. I heard last night, I was listening to someone, they said, the problem in our nation is we have cultural Christians rather than biblical Christians. And I was like, boy, is that powerful? statement right there. Yeah. 
So we also see in the days of Noah, the sons of God became unfaithful. And really, this should have been my first point from Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, where it says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and took them as wives of which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old wicked men. Men of renown, I'm sorry, men of renown. And what we see from this portion of scripture is these sons of God were unfaithful to God. They were walking according to the lust of their flesh and the lust of their eyes and the pride of life, which we learned about that in the beginning, right? In the garden, the temptation, I want to be like God. And Proverbs 13, 10 says, by pride comes nothing but strife. So that tells me that there was so much pride eking out of the whole world at that time. Because there was strife, there was violence, which is rooted in pride. Rooted in pride. And we see this in the scripture. And we see this in our day. These men that are governing in different places around the world, globally, are trying to be God. Trying to determine who will live and who won't. My mom just told me they're trying to pass a law in New York of uh, euthanasia. Assisted suicide. Yeah, in New York. And it'll probably get passed. But that's where we are. Canada already does that. Who are we to decide who lives and who dies? But yet we see this happening right here. And you know what's crazy? Is that we grieve over the loss of children in mass shootings. But what about babies that are being aborted? Can someone explain what the difference is there? Death and murder is death and murder. And someone has to say these things knowing it's going to cost us. We may even be thrown in prison one day for what we believe. And we have to be speaking about these days because how are we going to stand if we're not talking about it? How are we going to stand? Jesus wanted us to know when he comes again, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And it seems to me we're like, maybe not totally like the days of Noah, but we are in the beginning or maybe in the middle. I don't know, but we are seeing what we see here. We're seeing it unfolding. 
another point about in the days of Noah, people didn't want to listen to truth. Are we seeing that today? I heard a quote, I forgot who said it, but they had, it was Glenn. We, we, me and Jeff met with him and Jesse and we were just talking about a bunch of stuff. And Glenn had said, we're living in a time where opinion is greater than the word of God. Doesn't matter what God says. Doesn't matter what God says. This is my opinion. This is how I see it. Okay? This is how I see it. I hope I see it the way God sees it. Because the way God sees it is the way it is. With an exclamation point. And this is a burning passion in my heart when I'm talking about. I mean, this is a passion of mine. And, and I wound up doing a video interview with Kathy Gallagher yesterday from Pure Life. And it just stirred it all up for both of us. Because we were just like tag teaming it. But it's reality. These are the days we're in. And we got to get our head out of the sand. We have to. I don't know how much time we have left before the bottom drops out. And something just happened today for me and Jeff, and it's making us wonder how much time do we really have that God has taken special care of a particular area in our lives. Why would he do that? Because something's on the horizon. Something's on the horizon. People didn't want to listen to truth. Don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to hear peace and safety. Tell me good things. Jeremiah was the only one in his day proclaiming the truth. And where did it land him? Right? Not one convert. But he was still faithful. Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? Even if no one comes to the Lord, will you be faithful? To still share truth. Even if they don't want to hear it. Will you still be faithful to tell them? To show them. It, this is not my opinion. This is what God says. This is not what Rose Cologne says. This is what God's word says. And God's word is true. There's too much evidence that this is true. God's word. 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 and 2 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times... Some will depart from the faith. Are we seeing that? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Are we seeing that? Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Are we seeing that? You know, I think about the book of Judges, how it says repeatedly, every man did what was right in his own eyes. And then God would send someone. And then once that person died, every man did what was right in their own eyes. And basically what they're saying is, you're not going to rule over me. I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to be my own God. You won't rule over me. How do I know that? Because 2 Samuel 8 verse 7 says, The Lord said to Samuel, to hear the voice of the people, in all the way they were saying to him, for they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They have not rejected you, 
from me, says the Lord. As a biblical pastor, I had learned that early on, that when someone's not receiving counsel, that I'm giving them straight from the word of God. It's not, again, what I think or my opinion. No, let's look and see what God's word has to say about the situation. This is the counsel God will give you because it's his word. If you're a born-again Christian, this is God's counsel to you, to me. I don't want to do that. That's, I don't want to do that. It's your opinion. What you're basically saying, I don't want God to reign over me. I want to be my own God. I want to call the shots. I want to be in control. Well, that's dangerous. Because remember, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and that was full of pride, which we see pride in the days of Noah. Very dangerous to not have that accountability where we are under God's word in submission to God's word. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12 says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And how long ago this was written, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception. Among those who perish because they did not love, did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God, God is the one who will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. That is frightening because we see this. We see this. I see it all the time. People that reject the truth, God gives them over to whatever it is they want, and they enter into a strong delusion that God is sending to them. Why? Because they loved not the truth. But they might be saved. And I remember, as hard as it was, the other ministry I was at because there was so much truth going forth from the pulpit so much truth and it was hot it was hot some some are shaking their head they know what it's like to sit in that chapel and God's word come forth in that chapel and it was hard but I had to sit there and say Lord help me to love this help me to love this help me to love this because I knew if I didn't I was in danger of what I just read. And I didn't want that. God help me to love the truth, no matter how hard it is to hear the truth, no matter how hard it is to acknowledge that, yes, that's who I am inside, that's what I'm like. Help me to love it. Because otherwise, I'm heading on the wrong pathway. 
and God will give you over. I've seen it in my own life before I came to the Lord and I backslid. He gave me over to what I wanted. You want that? Have it. And when everything fell apart, this is way before Jeff, when everything fell apart in my world, he's like, okay, you ready to surrender now? You ready to surrender and do things my way? And I had reached such rock bottom, I knew if I don't, I'm dead. I'm dead, because I've proven there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. I was on that death pathway. And this had nothing to do with Jeff. This was me. When I got saved in the 80s, I met Jeff in the 90s. God will give us over to whatever it is we desire. So in the days of Noah, people didn't want to listen to the truth. We need to thank God we can still hear the truth. I mean, we still are able to do this legally. But I can't tell you what it's going to be like next year or the year before. I listened to a podcast like last night, two pastors that I respect, and they're already preparing for house churches. They were saying, we're going to have to go underground sooner than we realize. And I was like, my spirit just bore witness with that because I've been saying it for a long time. But the thing is, the time is nearer than when I first started saying that. And look at the days we're in. Look at our administration. They don't like this, what we're doing. They don't like what we're talking about. They don't like that we're for life. They don't like this. Well, another aspect about the days of Noah, and this is heavy. This is heavy stuff. It is heavy. The people were too busy with their own lives. I think the best illustration you see of that is at the Creation Museum, that section where you're walking through, and there's a video playing on screen, and I know I've said this before, where you see this massive wall of water coming, and there's a mother and her child sitting, and they're teaching, or she's just doing something with the child, but this water's coming, and everything in you is saying, don't you see what's coming? I know every time I walk through there, it affects me that way. It's like you just want to shake them. Don't you see? It's coming closer, closer. God's judgment is coming. It's coming so close. And all of a sudden, it just hits. Wipe out. Busy with their lives, Jesus said it would be that way in the days when he returns. Just like in the days of Noah, Matthew 24, 33 39. See, because as Noah's building this ark, think about this. As he's building this ark, people are mocking him. They're scoffing at him. And how long did it take for that ark to get done? 120 years. So could you imagine 120 years of people mocking you, scoffing you, and you're the only righteous person that's believing what God said in his word that he's going to do, and everyone's saying, you're nuts, you're crazy. Oh, come on, yeah, it's going to rain. They have not seen rain. 
Talk about faith. Talk about faith. So they were still doing life, everyone else. But not Noah. No, I would say the parable of the virgins with the oil. He was ready. He was ready. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 33 through 39, when you see all these things, if you read the whole context of the scripture, it talks about wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, just all that whole account that he goes through. He said, when you see these things, know that it's near, it's at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation... And when he said this generation, he meant the generations that see all these things taking place simultaneously will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. And we see this at the counseling center. People that come from counseling, busy, sports activities, distracted by so many things. They're just doing life. But I think about everything that has happened since COVID struck in 2019, right? And we still see, even though we had lockdowns and everything, and now they're talking about famines on the horizon. There's going to be food shortages. We see the gas prices going up. That was so, it's 469.9 today. They're saying by the summertime, it'll probably be $8 in some places. I know in Hawaii, it's already 7 and in California, it is a gallon. And they're saying it's going to hit a peak in the summer. But we still see, don't we still see them building things and people are still getting married and there's still parties and vacations. And so you can see how, wow, Jesus, with everything that's happened so far, we're still doing life like this is never going to end. Think about that. We're doing life like America's going to keep going. And do you know America is nowhere to be found in this book? Why is that? What happens to us? You do know of nuclear threats that are going on right now too, right? In the Middle East and Iran and... Russia is about to invade Taiwan, and they're all threatening nuclear. I'm not saying we're going to go out with a nuclear, but, I mean, we've got crazy leaders globally that are threatening us. But yet, we're still going on like, this is going to last forever. And it's not. God said he wouldn't destroy the earth with a flood. The next time we come, it's going to be with fire. Fire. We need to be taking heed to the days we're living in.
That's what God keeps speaking to my heart. Time is short. Now, Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour, but the time is short. Why do I say that? Because we see everything in place. Everything's in place. What happens if the whole financial system collapses? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think we're going to bounce back? Only God knows that, but I know everything is in place with digital currency, which some places are already using that. Again, I know this is very difficult to hear, but we need to know what's going on. That was one of my conversations yesterday with my previous spiritual leaders that, and they said it, church is not ready. Church is not ready. I said, I know the church is not ready. So that's why we need to hear these things and realize scripture is true so we can be ready. That's the whole reason for this. So we can be ready for whatever's coming. I don't know if we're going to go through the tribulation or Jesus is going to rapture us out of here, but either way, we need to be ready for whichever one is coming. My spiritual leaders from before looked at me yesterday and said, we're probably all going to wind up in jail. I said, Jeff and I talk about that all the time. I lose everything. Wind up in jail. I lose everything. Trust me. We see pastors in Canada being arrested. Canada's not too far from us because they're standing on truth, contending for the faith. We got to be ready. What we see in the days of Noah, Noah was the only one who was doing the work of the Lord. Genesis 6 9, it says, And these are the generations of Noah, that Genesis, uh, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and that he walked with God. He walked with God. He was righteous. He lived for God. I said that earlier, but in verse 13, and when God told Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. He took that serious. And he got busy building that ark. God told him how to build it. And he did what God told him to do. He was busy doing God's work because God was going to save Noah and his family. And that should put such a cry in our heart, God save my family before it's too late. Before you shut the door. Because he was the one that shut the door in the ark. Please save my family, God. My loved ones, my neighbors. Even these people that are making these laws that are so hideous and evil, God have mercy on their souls because they're about to step into eternity and spend it in everlasting torment if they don't repent. And we know God's heart is not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I know it's hard to pray for someone. I know it's hard that sometimes you hear their voice or see their face and you just want to put your hand through the screen <laughs> and just 
let him have it. And the Holy Spirit says, no, pray for them. Love your enemies. Do good to those that persecute you. In verse 14, we see that Noah made the ark with gopher wood and rooms in the ark. He was obedient. He did what God wanted him to do in his generation. That was what God had for him to do in his generation. And it just made me think, what are you doing for the kingdom of God while you're here? Are you investing yourselves in souls while you're here? That's the only reason why we're here. The only reason why he left us here. Just telling Cindy, what we say earlier that we're still here. <laughs> God didn't take us. He must still have stuff for us to do if we're still here. You know, but are we investing in souls? Are we pouring our lives into other people? Are we letting them know Jesus is real? There is another realm that's more real than this realm because this is perishing. And the lust of it, John told us that. It's, it's perishing. The world's passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of the Father, he is the one who's going to make it over that finish line. Make it over that finish line. In the days of Noah, only Noah prepared himself for the coming of a flood. He was the only one. The world was ignorant of what was about to happen. And again, do we see that today? I mean, do we see that today? I mean, talking about, yeah, if we get so-and-so in, in office, everything's going to be fine, we'll be better, everything will be good. If that happens, that's just God's mercy and grace on us, which we certainly don't deserve. But I don't know how you keep killing children and keep twisting scripture, calling good evil and evil good, and God just keep winking at that? The people of the world in that time weren't aware of the judgments that were about to take place. They lived normal lives right up until the moment of their own destruction. They ate, they drank, they hosted parties, and the entire time they remained ignorant of what was just around the corner, oblivious to the coming flood. And again, we see this, right? Maybe in our own families or friends. Jesus said that the world would be pretty much the same before he returns to set up his earthly millennial kingdom in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 33. And he warned us to be ready because he's going to come in an hour when we don't expect him. And I always wonder, what does that mean? That he's going to come in an hour that we don't expect him. What does that look like? I mean, do you ever think of that? I mean, what does that look like? What does that mean? I mean, think about if you get an unexpected visitor to your house that you weren't expecting. You know, I mean, when Jesus comes, what is he going to find us doing? There's going to be a time of great testing that's going to come upon the whole world 
Revelations 3 verse 10 tells us. However, Noah's life story encourages us that in the midst of these things that we see in our day that is very similar to what was going on during his time, that even he found favor in the eyes of the Lord in the midst of it, we have to hold faith that if we're living for God, choosing him every day, saying, Lord, I just want you, I want you to come. I'm groaning inside with these abominations that I see surrounding and, and it just seems to be getting darker and darker and darker. It's, it's such a groaning inside. It's just a greater reality check for me. I don't belong here. I, this is not my home. I, I don't even feel a part of it anymore. Why else would I be here unless you have an assignment for me to do still? You still have an assignment for me. There's someone you still want to reach, speak to. As we're living for the Lord in these days, we can be encouraged knowing that we'll find favor in his eyes. Do you believe Jesus is going to come back for you? He is. Remember John 14? I go and I prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back to take you where I am. Yes, that's our living hope. We hold on to this so tight. But it's all passing away. It's passing away. But what he has for us is forever. <laughs> It'll never end. There's no sickness. There's no heartache. There's no tears. There's no wheelchairs. There's no doctors, there's no dentist because nothing's going to decay or get sick. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? We need a sight of that. We really need a greater sight of that in the midst of all this. And we could be encouraged knowing that even Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, so did Lot. God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah too. Pretty much for the same things. But someone was praying for Lot. Anyone remember who was praying for Lot? Abraham. Yeah, God heard his prayers. And I hold on to that. I hold on to that. God, if you got to yank them out of the city, rescue them before it's too late. Because I know I've said this before, the Psalm 9, I believe it is, I forget the verse, but it says, the nations that forget God will be turned into hell. I just sent that to my mother the other day. The nations that forget God will be turned into hell. God rescue as many souls as you can before that happens. Rescue as many souls as you can before that happens. Have mercy, have grace upon them. And again, I thought about how do I end the class like this? Because it's heavy. This is a heavy message. But the days we're living in is pretty heavy. 
And I think we need to pray. We have a couple of minutes here, so I think it would be good just to pray as you feel led by the Lord based on what we heard today. And I'm going to turn the recording off because it's hard for them to hear the prayer. So I'm signing off on the recording. Bye, ladies.